it would be like to be born in a manger. Yeah. Wonder whatever happened to baby Jesus. He, he grew up. What? Wait. So you're saying that the baby Jesus Christmas story is the same as the adult walk on water Jesus? Yeah. Thanks, honey. Wow, I just never really put the two concepts together. <laughs> Wonder what happened to that guy, huh? <laughs> he, he went to the cross. That's the same guy? Yeah. So what you're saying is baby Jesus is the same as cross Jesus? Yeah. I mean, there's some time in there, right? I mean, he, he grew up, he taught people, he lived a perfect life. He died on the cross and came back to life, and, you know, now he lives in our hearts. That's the same guy? The Jesus that lives in our hearts? <sighs> okay, I was really, oh, wow. Okay, I never really put all those guys together, you know? Only one guy. I tell you this. Here's an idea. Maybe we stop just making Christmas all just this once a year isolated thing, but we make it an ongoing story about the salvation in our hearts and lives. Up top. It's the idea. Same Jesus. I, 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 you know, I'm sorry. Most of the time, uh, hi, that's a microphone. Um, you know, have you ever realized something for the first time and just wondered why you hadn't made that connection before? I mean, I think I, I've definitely been in those shoes where I'm like, what? You mean... Right? I had no idea to put those things together, those connections together. Um, and I, admittedly, I also had something in common with him um, when I first put the Jesus connection together. You know, I didn't, I didn't grow up in the church. I would say to you, um, and some of you know that, a lot of you know that, um, my mom and dad are amazing and uh, they taught us a ton of godly principles, right? But, but the name Jesus never popped up, right? And so I, I really didn't have a connection. I really didn't understand or really honestly did not connect the idea of a baby Jesus in a manger with a Jesus who died on a cross and what that possibly would have meant. And, and admittedly, I was a lot like him when it finally just clicked one night. I was counting cash at a restaurant. I was closing one night. I was counting money and putting, getting ready to put it all in the safe. And all of a sudden, it just clicked. It clicked. It clicked that he had died 
for me. It clicked that he was resurrected and that he was offering me a chance to be an heir with him, right? A son and daughter of the Lord with him, that he had done whatever he needed to do, that he had come down and humbled himself, as Philippians tells us. He had humbled himself to the point of death, even death on a cross, because that was more important than staying in heaven, that he had done all of that. Just that one moment, that one time where it just went, right? This suddenly makes sense. And I, admittedly, I'm a little slow, so I have those problems all the time where I go, that makes sense. But this, this moment, this moment when I finally got it, changed my life for good. Changed my life forever. And I, I, if you've never experienced that, if you've never put all the pieces together and you've never realized who Jesus Christ is, then then you are missing out. If you have never experienced what he did while he was watching that tree going, what, 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 right? If you've never experienced that, you are missing out on who our Lord is and what he can mean and what he can do for you. Know that. Know what he's calling you back to, right? And so moments like that, if you have one in your life, do you ever forget it? If you stop and breathe, can you, can you think of the moment if you've come to know the Lord, when it clicked, when it all suddenly made sense. Well, not all of it. It's a bit like a marriage, right? You don't know something about, if you knew everything about your partner when you got married, would you marry him? Okay. It's a trick question. Be careful. Be careful how you answer that. But the truth is, we don't know everything there is to know about our relationship with Jesus. That comes over time. It's a journey. You're growing together. You're learning to know him. It's like any other relationship. But, but that moment when it just clicks and you say, this, this, is, this, I, this is what I'm meant to be. This is how I'm meant to live. This is what I'm made for. And so if you've had that moment, can you raise your hand for me? If you've had that moment. I would love for you to just do two things. One, stop for a minute and try to remember that moment and what you felt in that moment. And two, if you have an opportunity, tell somebody about that moment. Tell somebody about that time when, you ma- when all the switches flipped, when everything made sense. Think about how it made you feel. Think about the load that it took off your shoulders. Think about how it filled your heart. Think about how it transformed you. Just share that story because this season that we celebrate every year, this time of anticipation and Advent and Christmas is all about remembering his story and our story that he's writing for us and with us. So please take an opportunity this Christmas to tell somebody about that moment if you've had that moment. And if you've not had that moment, the Lord wants to give you that moment. (laughs) Okay? All right. So... Last week, we were talking about moments and and his time, the importance of the the time that he came. 
and why he came when he did. This week we're going to talk about the message, what that message means. This message that has been around through all of time of God saying, I will be your God and you will be my people. Him calling us back to him. That's really what the gospel is. It's an opportunity to be called back to him because that is where we were made to be. Because he breathed life into each and every one of us. And we were made to be in that relationship with him. Our text today is going to be Hebrews 1, verses 1 through 4. And these are, these are incredible words about how God has always, always called his people back to him. And how sending his son was a unique call and a call that we are so blessed to be able to reflect on and know and experience when we have that moment when the switches flip and you know who your Lord is. So let's read. It says, Long ago, God spoke to the fathers by the prophets at different times and in different ways. In these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. God has appointed him heir of all things and made the universe through him. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact expression of his nature, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After making purifications for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, and he became, so he became superior to the angels, just as the name he inherited is more excellent than theirs. Oh my goodness, were more amazing words ever stated. I mean, Oh my goodness, the glory, the strength, the grandeur, oh my goodness. Um, I'm I'm having trouble this morning. Um, God, long ago, God called his people in different times in different ways. You know, sometimes I think we forget that that Jesus' coming was something that was long in the planning process. That it had been preordained from the beginning of time. God knew this was going to happen. And throughout time, God repeatedly called his people back to him. He spoke to them. He spoke to them through their history, and I think that's our first point. Long ago, God spoke to the fathers by the prophets at different times and in different ways. He spoke to them throughout the history of their people reminding them that they needed to come back to him. He spoke to them in different times in different ways. In 1 Kings chapter 17, we see the story of Elijah and the, wi- and the widow at Zarephath. It says, sometime later, this is Elijah, the prophet of God, who is, who is in the desert. He's in the desert because King Ahab and Jezreel have taken over the kingdom, and they've, they've convinced everybody to walk away from God. They've convinced them to all walk towards Baal, this false god. And Elijah's been run off into the desert. Now, don't get me wrong. He will, the, the Lord will raise him up later in a massive way. But right now, he's living in the desert. And so as we see them, we see that this is the story. This is where we entered. It says, sometime later, the brook dried up because there has been no rain in the land. And then the word of the Lord came to him, go at once to Zarephath, to the region of Sidon, and stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. I wonder if the widow knew he was coming. And so he went to Zarephath. 
And when he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, would you bring me a little water in a jar so that I may have a drink? And as she was going to get it, he called and bring me, please, a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour and a little olive oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Elijah said to her, don't be afraid, go home and do as you have said, but first make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me. And then make something for yourself and for your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, the jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. She went away and she did as Elijah told her. And so there was food every day for Elijah and the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. You know, um, God, in, in that story, we see God speaking to Elijah and through Elijah. And, and we know Elijah to be a prophet of God, right? He's one of the, the few people in Scripture that actually ascends onto heaven without dying. In fact, he rides off in a chariot of fire, right, into heaven without dying. He's a, a man who knows the Lord, who has a connection to God that I think very few of us ever even get, can even remotely touch or even think about. And God is speaking to him, and he's listening, and he's following him, and he's going, going the direction that God would have him go. But then there's the widow on the other side, this widow who has nothing, right? It's telling that she says, we're going to go eat, and we're going to go die, it's her last meal. It's her last opportunity to, to just try and survive, to try to get through the life <laughs> and believing that there's an end and the end is right around the corner. I don't know about you, but I know a whole lot of people who walk through life believing the end is right around the corner. And I'm barely surviving. I'm barely getting by that this is going to go south and go south fast and I have no hope, I have nothing. And yet God is speaking to her differently than she's, he's speaking to Elijah because she's in a different place. Elijah knows the Lord and is trusting and going where he says to go because he has always been there. He has always been faithful in his history. He knows that. And yet she, I would guess, probably doesn't. She's living on the edge. Her history is probably not a deep connection to the Lord because she's lost hope, not because she's without. Rain falls upon the just and the unjust. We are all likely to be in those places where we have not much. But hope, is that word up here? It is. Hope is that thing that God can give us that nothing else can. He can give us hope in the midst of our turmoil, in the midst of us being at the end of our rope, in the midst of us thinking there is no way out of this. There is no way I will survive. And he speaks to her differently than he speaks a lot to Elijah. And he speaks to me sometimes differently than he speaks to you. 
He comes to us in different times in different ways, and he comes to us throughout our history because if you're here, it's because God has been around in your history. And so I would ask you a question, what about my history? Ask yourself that. What about my history? Where have I seen God in my history? When I was a kid, um, as I said, I didn't grow up going to church, but my grandmothers both went to church. One was Methodist and one was Baptist. And I remember the Methodist church, God love them, but I remember, all I remember about the Methodist church is having to go there at Christmas and sit down and be quiet and listen to a choir, okay? That's all I remember. It's neither good nor bad. Some of you are laughing because you have the same memories. Some of you are going, what? No, okay. But I do remember going to my dad's mom, my grandma, Mima. I remember going to a, a Baptist church service in the south and a tiny little church in the hills. And I remember people singing and people dancing and people singing, screaming hallelujah at the top of their lungs. And I remember all of those things. And then I remember the moment that my Uncle Alan, who is um, six, five, and about 300 pounds, big boy, yeah, you wonder, right? Clearly it's in the genetics. I wonder regularly. But anyways, so he's 6'5 and 300 pounds, and I remember him getting up and walking up to the front. He was like 17, and walking up to the front and making a commitment to the Lord and being baptized and bawling the entire time. This mountain of a man that I had looked up to really my entire life. All of my musical choices in, in high school probably came from him, or a whole host of them did, for better or for worse. But that, that's, if I think back, it's, it's moments like that when I, 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 I'm like, God was there. And I was there to witness, for, if for only a moment in time, this one little thing that God was doing in the life of somebody that I looked up to. This one opportunity to see this person that I believe to be so strong. And you know how you look up to your uncle when you're a kid? They're amazing, right? Some of them are flawless. They, can never, they walk on water. They can never make a mistake. And to see him give all of who he was over to the Lord, that is a moment that is burned in my brain forever, and it is a moment that I know God wanted me to see. God has certainly been there with me through my mistakes and my, and my misunderstandings, the things that I have done wrong, and he has protected me from them. I get protect, God protects me from myself to this day every day, and I am so thankful for that. And if, if you're here with us, God has probably protected you from yourself too whether you realize it or not. He has been with you and been watching you and whispering in your ear. And maybe even if he's trying to get you to you in a different way, maybe he's even come in like a rushing wind and knocked you off your path 
Maybe you were on a path you should not have been on, doing things you shouldn't have been doing, saying things you shouldn't have been saying, and God said, okay, you need to not do that anymore. Maybe he sent an Elijah or somebody into your life to knock you off the path, and maybe you turned around and went, I hate you. I like my path. Maybe you did. I know I did. But Make no mistake, that doesn't stop God. God has been calling us back to him from before we were born. And that did not stop because we misunderstood the path or because we were angry or because we made a mistake or because we just did not have the faith of a mustard seed. It doesn't matter. He has been with you every moment of your entire existence. And he's been calling you back to him every moment of your history. The history of God's people is filled with that. C.S. Lewis says that human history is the long, terrible story of man trying to find something other than God which will make him happy. It's the people of Israel did the same thing. As I said, it was Ahab and Jezreel that were leading the people of Israel away. Well, they went, they followed they were searching for something. Maybe they didn't have enough food. Maybe it was a time of famine, right? Maybe they didn't have all of the, the clothing they needed. Maybe they didn't have the friends or the family that they needed to support them in their lives. Maybe they didn't have those things. And so they followed behind the shiny thing that was going to get them where they wanted to go when God the entire time was saying, no, I'm here for you. I'm walking with you. I will provide for you. And it's interesting that, that when she simply does what the Lord has asked her to do through Elijah, the jars of flour were never used up and the jug of oil did not run dry. And all she had to do was be in the presence of the Lord and trust that he would carry her. Have there ever been times in your life where your spirit was dry and he brought you water? Have there ever been times when your wallet was empty and he got you through? That is because he has been with you the entire time, your entire history. Do not lose sight of that. But he also speaks through us, not just through our history, but he speaks through us through this specific call, the call of Jesus Christ. If we read back to our original text today, verses two through the first part of three, it says, in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. He has appointed him heir of all things and made the universe through him. The son is the radiance of God's glory in the exact expression of his nature, sustaining all things by his powerful word. He comes to them and says, I've, I've got you. I've, I'm sending my son to for you. I'm sending this exact imprint of my nature. If you did not understand who I am and what I'm about and that I am calling you back, that I am not a great and wonderful and powerful God who created all of existence. I am glory, God says, not Rob. I am glory. And the exact expression of my nature is right in front of you. Read about him, watch him, see him. You know, you can see who I am and that I I am the place you should be, <laughs> right? I hear so often people, 
people say, you know, I can't, I can't see, I don't understand why people would follow Jesus or why you would do this or why you would do that. And I want to say, read this. I want to say, read this. This is why I follow Jesus. Because he is who he says he is. Because he offers what he says he offers. Are you sensing a theme here today? He, he offers what he says he offers and so often we miss out on it because we just refuse to heed the call. We refuse to heed the call that God has upon us. I, you know, I would say that prior to knowing the Lord, I was absolutely what you call, I say agnostic. I would have called myself an atheist at some point. Never was if I had to look back. Atheist means you absolutely are for sure certain there is no such thing as God. And I can honestly say I've never felt that way. But I would say I did not know. And I was comfortable not knowing. But, but, but how can you deny, how, how could I deny this? How could I deny the presence and the glory of the exact nature of God right in front of me? How could I do that? In fact, people did that. As Jesus walked the earth, people denied it. As he's healing people, they denied it. As he's, as he's bringing, breathing life back into the world right in front of them, making incredible things happen and teaching them from, of God and being the exact nature and the representation of God, people ignored it. People missed it because they wanted to or because their history had beaten them down so much that they didn't think they were worthy of being loved. And nothing could be further from the truth. If you wonder, you are worthy of love, not because you're wonderful or incredible or perfect, but because he is. You are worthy of love because God says you are. And guess what? That is enough. That is enough. And he has called you to be with him. But he doesn't just speak through our history and he doesn't just speak through our Lord Jesus Christ as though that wouldn't be enough, right? That would be enough. He also speaks to transform us. He has a purpose if we, if we finish our scripture, it says, after making purifications for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. And so he became superior to the angels just as the name he inherited is more excellent than theirs. You know, um, when you come to know the Lord Jesus Christ and you come to make God your father, you are absolutely becoming his son or his daughter. There's no comma there, no colon there, no but, no except for. You are being adopted into the family of God. Your last name changes <laughs> from whatever that is to son and daughter of God, son or daughter. Son and daughter would be a different problem. Son of God or daughter of God. It changes. And we have so much trouble with that. So much trouble with that idea. And one of the reasons we have trouble with that idea is I'm not sure we would be willing to do the same for somebody else. That we might be willing to adopt somebody into our family 
But if they then did something that really offended us or did something really, really stupid or mean or hurtful, we might consider sending them back. Guess what? God's not in the business of sending you back. If you have been adopted, your spiritual DNA has changed. You are now part of his family. He has transformed the very nature of who you are as a human being. The question is, will we embrace it? Because we often don't. He has offered us something that we do not deserve, something that we cannot earn, something that we could not beg for or plead for or ask for or be good enough to get. He has offered it out of his mercy and his grace. That is a message that you will hear nowhere else in the world because it is unique and because it is the one that comes from the Lord himself. Really, really the, the reason that, that I speak every Sunday is this. It's because I really believe with all of our heart, soul, mind, my heart, heart, soul, mind, and strength that we are intended to be with God. We are at our best when we are living with God. He designed us to be with him. And there is nothing that I, I, and this is Rob, and there's nothing I want more than to see every person on the planet know the Lord. To know they've been adopted. To know they've been loved and will be loved. To know that they can be saved. That's the reason. Because, fun fact, I do not like speaking in front of people. How many of you don't like speaking in front of people? Uh-huh, most people don't. Fun fact, I don't like it either. It makes me really nervous. Here's a fun story. I can't believe I'm going to tell you this, but I'm going to anyways. I almost always miss special music. Do you know why? Because I have to go pee before I speak. <laughs> I know it's TMI, but it's because I'm nervous. I'm a nervous wreck. But it, it is, see, now you, now you all know something, right? All right, so when I'm, never mind. Okay, so the point would be that I, I do this because of him, because of who he is, because of who he's always been and always will be, and because of who he is calling us to be with him. And my hope and my prayer is that every person in this room will, will, do, will know that. Even if you've stated it before and you've walked away or you've forgotten or you've never really embraced the notion that you are his child, that he will carry you, that he does love you, and that he will never leave you and he will never forsake you. If you have fallen short of that. That's okay. We all do. 
I would ask you today that you remember that or that you embrace that or if you come to know it for the first time, you do it today. There is no better moment than right now. I don't know what you're waiting on. Right? Amen and amen. So, speaking of that, um, we have a young man who would like to place membership today and join this body of believers. So, uh, Miss Phyllis, could you do me a favor? Could you, oh, never mind, Shirley's right there. I was going to go, I was going to say, go get Shirley, so you're safe. Good job, Phyllis, you got her. All right. So, we're going to do something that many of you have seen before and some of you have not. We are going to have Nathan Shaw come up front along with our deacons, and we are going to, uh, that's my phone all the way in the back. Uh, we are going to uh, ask him to embrace, go ahead up front, ask him to embrace a covenant with us, and we are going to commit to a covenant with him, right? And then we are going to go on all the way up, all the way up. You won't be alone. See, there's others coming. You're not going to be by yourself, okay? All the way up to embrace a covenant with him. Then our deacons will lay hands upon him, as the scriptures tell us, and, 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 he will, and Paul will pray over him, and he will become a member of our church, as long as we're all okay with that. Yeah. Well, I know you are, Gregory, as long as we're all okay with that. And then um, I'm going to make you be awkward. I'm going to make you stay up here for a minute while I run through the rest of the prayers. Is that okay? And then and while Shirley plays, because she's already up here, and then we'll close. Yeah? Good? They're getting these instructions for the first time. Can you tell them? All right. So, are you ready? Yeah, he's nervous. It's good for him. Breathe deep. You'll be fine. All right. So, everybody stand. Make them stand too, right? This is a, you're becoming part of our family, and we want you to know how important that is. We also want you to know that family is not just a one-way street, right? It's a two-way street. We are all in this together. And if you are committing to us, that we are also committing to you. Okay? So, Nathan, I have questions for you. Okay. Do you believe that, that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Yes. Have you been baptized for him? Yes. Yes, you have been baptized. That's a good thing, right? Yes. Yes. Are you nervous? Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> Nathan, do you agree to be part of this family, yes. to care for one another, yes. to reach out to them, yes. to help them financially if they need it? Yes. yes. Do you agree to use your gifts, the gifts that God has given you to glorify his work in this church and the world? Yes. <laughs> okay. And do you agree to just be the best person you can be? Yes. And to grow in Christ? Yes. Okay. All right. So... Do you agree to help him walk with the Lord? Yes. Do you agree to support him when he needs it? Yes. Do you agree to be his strength when he is hurting? Yes. Okay. Yes. Do you agree to let him in as a member of this church? Yes. Sweet. You're in. Okay. Paul, Paul, I had, I had my doubts. I'm kidding. All right. So let's pray. Hmm. Lord, we praise you and we thank you for Nathan and we welcome him mm. into this family, Lord. Mm. 
And we just pray that you would continue to be at work in his life, both to will and to do what pleases you, mm. that you would continue to uh, draw him close to you and remind him that he's not alone, that we are with him and that we care about him. He is loved and never alone. We just praise you and thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I'm happy for you. Yes. All right. Yes. All right. All right. So we, we close every service with a, a time of prayer where we kind of read through and discuss some prayer concerns within this body. Uh, the first is, is this. Uh, Keith and Deb Reefstall, I want to give you an update on Keith. Keith is currently at OSU. He has been for several days. Uh, he is dehydrated, yet retaining water. I'm still not sure how this works, but the doctors assure me that it is a thing. Um, and so he, they also believe he has pneumonia. Um, and if you know Keith, he's a triple organ transplant. So there's, there's, his body's been through the ringer. And he's a wonderful man of God who loves the Lord, but he needs, he needs prayer and so does Deb. They continue to need our prayers, our phone calls, our texts, our cards. They are such strong people who know and love the Lord and serve the Lord with all their hearts. Please encourage them in this time. That's what family does, right? All right. Uh, Paula has asked for prayers for Amy Smith, right? She will be out of intensive care soon. She's eating, rehab to come. Um, and prayers for Mary Hess. Thanks you for all the prayers for her daughter as well, right? Okay. Uh, Holly has asked for prayers for young Daryl and his pancreatic cancer. We ask that uh, you do a miraculous thing for him, Lord. We've also asked for prayer for the troops. Uh, I'd like to offer a praise for a little bit of healing for both Bill Watkins and Dave McPherson. They've both got some back issues. I'm glad to see you're both here. I'm not trying to say you're well, but I'm glad to see you're both able to get here. Thank you. Um, thank you, Lord, for that. Let's pray for continued healing for them. And then, uh, yep, Caitlin Easton has asked for prayers for um, her sister and her brother-in-law. Uh, they're dealing with some challenges right now. We want to leave those prayers unspoken for right now, but we need them. They need built up in their marriage and in their careers and there's just a lot of things Satan's coming at them hard right now and they need some strength so if you would their names are Haley and Leaf are there any other prayers today in this time Mark okay okay Mark is having you know he's having ongoing back problems but um, it's, it seems like it's getting worse right now. seems like it is. So we need to pray for healing, right? For God to do a miraculous thing for you. Yes. Anything else? Back here? I'm coming. I'm glad Daryl's tall. Who? Right? Oh, yeah. Ann Schmees got diagnosed with breast cancer. It's Melanie's sister. Please pray for her. Anybody else? Behind me. Yes, Beth. What's her name? What's her name? 
Mariah. Mariah's mom has cancer, and you would like us to pray for Mariah's mom and her family, yeah? Okay, we can do that. Jim Hickey. Okay. So Jim has asked for prayers for his dad. His dad is having a scope, a procedure to kind of narrow down, right, some things, diagnose some things. We're hoping that it's a good outcome, that they're able to identify what they need to do and get him healed, right? Brittany, did Lily pass out again? Oh, my goodness gracious. Okay, so there were some sick girls at the basketball game yesterday, and the, the one who hurt her ankle, is she all right? Yeah, okay, so we'll pray for her too, Kiana, right? Because that looks ugly. Yes? Yeah, I just want to continue prayer. Uh, Lenny's doing therapy, and he's still not back to work yet, but okay. from the, and also uh, Kim come real good with colonoscopy, she's fine, and just continue your prayers for with health needs. Okay. We appreciate it. And we love the church and we're glad to be here another Christmas season. There you go. Praise God. Thank and you. You are a great guy. We <laughs> like you. you too. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Gregory. Uh, recently I heard that Jessica's been having issues with being ill quite frequently. We're not sure exactly what's going on. Okay. We're trying to find out because this is a very unusual for her. It's okay. Been going on for, I think, about Okay. So Gregory's sister, Jessica Fry, who's a member here, is having some illness issues. So if you could, please reach out to her. It's unusual for her to be sick on so much. Yeah? Okay. Right. Okay. We can pray for that. Absolutely. Anybody else? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, oh, what an amazing work we see you do daily in our lives. Lord, we are so blessed to have you as our Savior that you've spoken to us throughout our entire lives, whether we recognize you or not. You've always called us back to you. It doesn't matter if we were worthy because we certainly were not. You still love us. There's nothing we could do to make you love us more or less because we are intended to be your people. Lord, what a humbling thing it is to know that you would make us your sons and daughters, that you would make us part of your family, that most intimate of relationships, that you would offer that to us. Lord God, you have heard our prayers today. So many who are ill. We've also heard your praises of people that are healing and on the mend. God, we pray that you will move in hearts this season and every day. That uh, you will remind us of our best connection being that connection to you that you will remind us that there is hope when all seems lost, and that hope is you. That there is love when we feel unlovable, and that love 
is you. That there is mercy and grace and love eternal. And that mercy and grace and love are you. Father God, I pray that we will have a powerful witness for those we touch today and beyond. I pray that you will keep us healthy and that you will heal those who are sick. Thank you, God. Keep us safe until we are able to meet again. It is in Jesus' holy name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Hallelujah.